Hi, I'm Mary Lyons, the Wealth Woman. And I'm Eric Alexander with Benchmark Income Group. Welcome to the Big Wealth Podcast. We had such a great time last week. We got invited to be on a podcast with a friend of ours. Her name is Sarah Kowalski. And we thought it was such a good podcast and was such good information that we wanted to kind of share it with you guys and talk a little bit about kind of what Sarah does and what Sarah does for her group. So Mary, tell them a little bit about what she does, because it was kind of a unique kind of niche. Yeah. So Sarah runs a, a support and information group for women who are single, who are wanting to become mothers, uh, potentially through IVF, um, fertility treatments and that sort of thing. And she had a lot of really good questions about how do you prepare financially for something like becoming a parent, especially if you know that you aren't going the traditional route to do that. And the questions were, I think, very helpful. And so yeah. whether you are thinking about becoming a parent yourself, whether you're single or married, looking at doing things the traditional way or going through fertility treatments of some kind, uh, this podcast could have some useful information on how to prepare financially for the big changes that happen when you do have kids. Yeah. So we hope you enjoy it. And without further ado, here is Sarah Kowalski. Hello, everyone. This is Sarah Kowalski from the Motherhood Reimagined podcast. Today, I am here with Eric Alexander from Benchmark Income Group and Mary Lyons, the Wealth Woman. They also have a podcast called the Big Wealth Podcast, and they are here today to talk to us about how to think about becoming a single mom by choice and being able to afford it. Um, as well as some big mindset shifts that might help you when you're trying to think through these questions. So welcome. Thank you for Thank having you. us. We're excited to be here and talk about motherhood and money, two of my favorite oh. topics. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So I think you guys know, but just for other people listening, so the majority of my audience are women who have not been able to find a partner and they are at that place where they realize they really, really want a child. And so they're trying to decide whether or not they can afford to have a baby on their own, right. um, usually using a sperm donor, although through adoption and other means as well. And I feel like the unique thing about my audience is that they spend a really long time thinking about all sorts of things about this choice, but a big, big, big one is the financial piece. So what would you say to a woman who is coming to me or just in their own journey saying, can I afford to be a single mom by choice? Yeah, that's a big so, one. So I'm actually going to jump on that one, Eric, if it's okay with you. <laughs> yeah, because um, of the motherhood and money, I only really have to have ever dealt with one of those sides. The money part. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here's what I would say. Um, I'm a big believer that money is just a tool. And it is meant to help you build a life that you are excited to live. I think my kids at this point roll their eyes every time that the topic comes up because I have said that so many times, but I very much believe it. And that's why I keep saying it is that I want it to hit home for my children. Um, and so when I think about this choice, I, I know I want kids, but I also know, okay, maybe I'm going to have to do this on my own. The money is really just there to facilitate the life that you want to have. And so it's more about how do I make this work and less about can I actually afford this? Because there are people at all different income levels having kids, even if there are two people, maybe one's working, one's staying at home. Maybe sometimes they're both unemployed. Maybe they're both 
gainfully employed and really just absolutely doing wonderfully. But again, I think I think these are almost two separate questions. One is the logistics of how am I going to fund and, and finance my life? But the question, the real question is, do I want a child? And if the answer to that is yes, then everything else has to be, how do I rearrange things to make this possible in a way that is productive? Well, and efficient, right? I mean, I think that's where the the logistics and the strategy and the other end comes from is, yeah, I've made this decision. This is what I'm going to go do. Now, how do I make those those logistics work in the most efficient, productive, effective way possible? Uh, right. But the big decision, like Mary said, I think is that, yep, that's my path. Right. I love that. So when people are I feel like a lot of times you reach out to your financial planner if you have one and they kind of give you this like doomsday story. How do you how do you cope with that or what That's would you That's their job. That's, <laughs> they're there to be afraid for you, right? Unfortunately. Well, I think I think some of it goes even beyond that. I love Eric that you're giving humans the benefit of the doubt here. I love that about you, but I I think too <laughs> if you remember that a financial advisor makes money when you give them money to invest for you. I think there are frequently times where they try to talk you out of putting your money into other things. And it, it, my problem with the industry as a whole, because I definitely sometimes feel like I am very jaded. I've been licensed for a long time. Um, my problem with it is that there seems to be a lot of talk in the industry that is all about putting money away, deferring gratification for long periods of time, and then eventually you get to retire. But oh, by the way, you're probably going to have to reduce your lifestyle at retirement. Right. And when I think about what that's really saying, the the motivators there are scarcity and fear. And I think anytime you are making decisions from a place of scarcity or a place of fear, you are not making the decisions that are really about living a life you can be excited about. It's about minimizing yourself and your desires. And I see this a lot in our industry. Yeah. Um, and it's not just around topics like this. Sometimes it's around, I hate my job and I really want to quit. And the advisor's like, oh, no, no, no. You have to keep putting money away because you have to have X dollars in the bank in order for you to be able to retire and continue living the lifestyle. And I'm like, well, but what lifestyle are you living? You hate your life. So right. your lifestyle <laughs> is just not exciting, right? I mean, right. yeah, you may be making a lot of money, but if it's not something you're excited about you're or miserable. looking forward to, or even present for, as the case may be, then the money's not doing what it's supposed to do. And so I think sometimes it's a matter of finding someone that you can say, this is what I want from my life. What's the best way that I can make this happen? Not, can I afford to do it? Mm -hmm. Because the fact of the matter is when you're becoming a parent, you don't actually need anyone's permission to do that, including your financial advisors. Once you have made the decision to do it, the job of the financial advisor is to help you do it in the most efficient and effective way possible. It is not their job to question whether you should do it or not in the first place. And if they are doing that, I would say you're probably talking to the wrong person because again, the role of a financial advisor is to help you build a life you are excited about today and tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. Our job is to see all these things and help you get creative about how you do it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I'll just mention that the reason I even found you guys is that I was trying to move from Mexico. I've been living in Mexico. I wanted to move back to the U.S. And I felt like, oh, my God, there's no way I can afford to do it. And it was like such a relief to find you guys and have many, many conversations and be like, oh, my God, I can totally do this. I just need to. And you guys have helped me so much with strategy and so many pieces of the puzzle to feel like, oh, my God, I'm not. Yeah, I can. I can do what I want out of my life and not be That's, the whole thing. Yeah. And it's so much fun right? It, it's that yeah. idea of like, okay, well, that's the path. How do we, how do we make that a reality? I mean, it's, right. it's right. so much more boring to go, nope, you put this in this box and then we watch the box for 30 years. Now go away. Like that's yeah. not a very fun existence. No. Um, and it's not even efficient. I mean, it, it's, no, it's it, this is about, this is about getting creative and doing the things that really give you a sense of fulfillment in your life. That's the purpose right. of using money is to find your true fulfillment. And that means everything from purpose and service to, you know, the things where you're giving to others, but it's also about the things that you get to receive. And to me, um, you know, if you're using your money in a way that is strategic, you can probably do a lot more than you realize you can. And I do think sometimes sitting on our side of the table, it's a lot easier for us to see the path forward sometimes than it is for our clients to. Right. And, and I think that's because anytime you are in the middle of something, it's it's the hardest for you to see it, right? There's so many choices and so many different ways and so many influences. And then there's all kinds of emotion going around. And so it feels messy when you're in the middle of it. And sometimes it just takes an objective third party to be like, nope, here, look, we're going to move these things around just like this and put this together. And then here you go. And it's like, well, that seems like that was actually pretty easy. And and it was for us because there's no emotional attachment here to any of the outcomes. It's just, you know, here's how you rearrange things. And here's the Lego. Your it's a Lego picture, right? We're just rearranging yeah, exactly. the Legos. Yeah. Nice. And that's so, the so mindset. And you talked about this, Sarah, earlier. The, the mindset piece of this, I think, is the biggest part of it. And there was a great book. I'm going to butcher that because I don't remember the guy's name, but it was a guy named Super. The book was named Supercoach. Whoever wrote the, the book, Supercoach. Michael Neal. Michael Neal. There you go. And he talked about that idea that we, we put so much pressure around this idea of money as if it's this magical thing, right? So I'll, I'll be... I'll be great when I'm rich or I'll, I'll, life will be better when I have more money or, and whatever the, the stories that are running through your brain. And to Mary's point earlier, because she makes all sorts of good points, is that money is just a tool, right? And so this guy, Michael Neal, said, well, I did steal that directly from Michael Neal. And then I just put my own little spin on it. <laughs> yeah, Mary Lyons, probably. <laughs> but I mean, he said, you know, just think about money and replace the word money for hammers like, and just swap those out and now say all of those same things that you were going to say earlier, but use the word hammer. I'll be happy when I have more hammers. I don't think I have enough hammers to have a baby. <laughs> Maybe if right. I had enough hammers, I could have a baby. The, the, I mean, you realize how silly that is when you, right. when you do that. Yeah. And yeah. it's all just mindset, right? Totally. Yeah. So we, I know we talked a little bit about um, sort of like if someone's thinking about like some of the strategies that you might suggest to people, obviously like fictional people, but like if a woman has been, has some time to think about it ahead of time and is kind of making like a two, maybe three, five-year plan, right? Uh, any sort of things or ideas, like big ideas you would try and get them to think about? Yeah, I think, I think the first one that I can think of is fairly basic, right? No. Understand what it's going to cost. 
So mm -hmm. really making sure that you know, okay, if I need to do fertility treatments, what are they going to cost me? What, it, what is it going to cost for me to have all of my visits during a pregnancy? What does it actually cost to give birth if I get to have a natural birth or if I'm having a C-section so that you understand logistically what what outflows are there? Because you do need to be clear on what those are in order to be strategic about how you do them. Mm -hmm. And if it was anything like my experience, my wife and I, it's whatever number we had in our head, it was 20 or 30% more than whatever the number was. Like, really? How many diapers does this thing go through in a day? <laughs> like, does this does this baby know how expensive these are? Yeah. So just add add a little bit of cushion to that number, I think, when you're doing that math. So yeah. I, I was talking to one of my cousins um, a couple of years ago. I had gone on a vacation to Santa Fe and um, I my kids were staying at my parents' house. And so we were FaceTiming the kids and my cousin was over there having dinner and um, and he's very well off. And he's like, oh, you're in Santa Fe. What have you purchased? And I had one pair of silver earrings that I showed him. And he said, man, I don't know how you do that. Every time I go to Santa Fe, I spend $60,000 on art. And I was, first of all, I was like, wow, that seems excessive. But I looked at him and I said, are you kidding me? The difference is I have kids. <laughs> I can't afford that, you know, but it, it, it is, um, your kids can be as expensive as you will let them be. And so I think getting a grasp on, you know, really just understanding minimum expenditures, both for childcare and for additional groceries and stuff like that is helpful. And, and that's really basic. I think the strategy then of how you pay for those things is very important. Eric, do you want to lay the foundation for some of that? Yeah, sure. I mean, and I think one of the things that really comes into that mindset, and I want to keep going back to mindset because I, I think it is the foundation for all of it is this idea of of buckets we we have a tendency to look through the world look at the world through the lens of a bucket i'm just going to shove it all here and when i need something i'm going to pull the money out of the bucket and i'm going to send it on and it and it works but it's the most inefficient way to go do that and right. so i think from a foundation standpoint a lot of that that foundation is we have to start thinking in systems and thinking in efficiency with this idea of having $1 doing four, five, six, seven different jobs at a time. And, right. and I think that's that's one of the key parts of that. So I'm, I'm totally going to use the words that you use all the time when you talk about this, because I think they are the right words. Instead of thinking as your money for, you know, one, $1, one purpose, you have to think about it in terms of building a dynamic system. Yep. Right. And if you're going, oh, my gosh, I can barely even manage my budget. And now you're telling me I have to create a dynamic system. What's happening on this podcast? What I'll tell you is it's not as hard as you think when you start to understand some of the, the underlying um, ways to approach this. And so one of the things that we actually talk to our clients about is how do you get multiple benefits for the same dollar? And I'm going to say some things that depending on preconceived notions, past experience, you know, what you've been exposed to, you might be like, wait, what? I didn't know you could do that. But one of the things that we do frequently with our clients as part of their long-term distribution strategy is we will partner their investment strategy with an insurance strategy. And the reason for that is that when you have both of those in your overall portfolio, 
the interaction between the insurance and the investments, which are two separate things, actually creates different ways that you can spend your money in retirement and can substantially increase what you might be able to spend by the time you get there. And I think especially if you're adding expenses, which a child will undoubtedly create, then you have to be more efficient with the dollars that you do have. The beauty of building this system is that the insurance itself is usually a custom designed whole life insurance policy that is a participating policy, which means it pays dividends and it is funded for upfront access to cash. And when you do that, you actually increase the internal rate of return of the policy, but you can build a relatively large bucket, right, of cash to be part of your dynamic system very, very early on. And then what you can do is you can actually borrow against the policy, but 100% the money in your cash value continues growing for you while you use the insurance company's money to go pay for fertility treatments or hospital bills or whatever it may actually be. And so the beauty of this, if you just think in your head for a minute of that compound growth curve, it looks very, very slow. And then all of a sudden at the back end, it hockey sticks up, all the best growth happens in the last years. What most of us actually do when we when we deploy capital is we take our money and we give it away and it never stays on the compound growth curve. So if we have the ability to get the money earning and growing for us, and then we still have use of it to go do the things we want to do and we don't interrupt that growth, we're going to be better off in the long haul. An added benefit of this is that if you set this up in advance and then use this methodology to go and pay for the fertility treatments and whatever else it may be during the process, what ends up happening is you already have death benefit in place by the time you're actually having your child as well. And so if something did happen to you, you've already set up the mechanism to make sure that this child is cared for long after you're gone. And so when you start thinking about the benefits that you're getting, you're keeping the growth. You're able to do the things that you want to do in your life, and you're laying a safety net for the times that thing, if, if something actually went wrong, nobody's having to do a GoFundMe page for you because you've already taken care of that piece. <laughs> you've adulted. Right. And so sometimes we look at things like that and we think, well, I thought life insurance was just for death benefit. Well, there are types of insurance that are like that, but if we're looking at creating a dynamic system, if I can change the way I'm spending money on the back end of retirement, that means oh. I don't have to save quite as much to get to the same place. That actually gives me a permission slip to take on more expenses now in order to create a life that I'm excited about. And that's something that when you really get into it is easy to demonstrate factually. Here's where you're headed right now. If you want to get to the same place, but you change how you're doing this and we're using the system for the major expenses that you have, here's how you can actually get to the same place saving less. And that, that's something that I think a lot of advisors don't spend that much time on because yeah. who wants to sit down with their client and say, save less money, it's going to reduce what I get paid. This, this is just not human nature. But I think a lot of the strategies that right. Eric and I use come from the fact that this is how we've set up our own lives. And then we realize how much it has changed what we can do. And we're like, we got to share this. We got to tell everybody about this. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot in there, but, um, it's, it's just, it's like mind boggling to think about saving less and having more at the end and more to live on. And then, mm -hmm. yeah, well, and I, and I think it goes back to that idea of the double duty dollars. Someone once told me that if you're thinking about money, right, you're thinking of every dollar, like a little worker, 
for those of you that that have employees, if your every employee did one job every day and that only that job, they wouldn't be a very good employee. Most of the really good employees do three or four or five, six, seven different jobs for you. They're multifaceted. They add value to the company. And so if you if you think through your work, your dollars as a bunch of little workers in your system, man, you want those puppies working as hard as they possibly get out. And, and just having that mindset shift to go do that and, and looking at, and it's the cool thing is once you start seeing it, you start seeing ways to start picking up little efficiencies along the way, but it, it's that foundation that, that lets you go slow for a few minutes and then start accelerating in, in what you can go do, which is really kind of the, the cool part. Yeah. So what would be kind of like the lead time to be able to put something in place and be able to like actually draw yeah. Like from it for either fertility treatments or childcare. Yeah, I think on the on the fast fast end, if everything burned through in light speed, probably two to two and a half months in a normal cycle. If you're really planning it out, probably three to six, mm-hmm. as far as sort of a, a normal sort of lead time cycle time on that. And, and then, then again, that- the the more time you have to set something up like this, the better. Sure. So we're we're talking like. If you've got some, maybe you've already started saving because you know this is the direction you want to go, or you have some money that is sitting on the sa- the sidelines, a cash account that you're holding on to. If you have a lump sum that you've already got together, that's how you could do that in that you know two to six month timeline. If you're starting from scratch, it's probably going to take a little bit longer because I, I like to, you know, again, Eric, I just rip off everything you say and say it like it's my own. But um, the the fact of the matter is we're powerful, not magical. Yeah. So we can't create money out of thin air. But a lot of times we can find ways that you can begin building the system that you might not have thought of on your own. And mm. And a lot of times people have capital. They just don't realize it. And if you don't have capital, then it's about really making sure you understand the expenses and getting started. Uh-huh. Right. Right. Because basically, I just so people understand, like the more money, if you have a lump sum sitting in the like a life insurance policy, then you can start borrowing against it to go mm-hmm. pay for childcare or pay for whatever. But you can't borrow what you don't have you in don't a contract have. like that. And right. so you do have to have some upfront money for funding. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and that's. And I've seen I've seen people do some interesting things. Um, I've actually seen people kind of crowdsource funding their fertility treatments, mm-hmm. where people in their neighborhood and their friend circle help contribute for some of that, so that it's not all coming out of their pocket, and family members might contribute as well. So there's, you know, I think sometimes when you decide you really want to do a thing and you put it out there, you know, sometimes the universe conspires to make it a reality for you. Right. Yeah, it's true. I have a client who did that. She crowdsourced and um, yeah, it was very cool. Um, So I love also, I know you guys have an entire episode on it, but you have this sort of call, like an alternative idea of how to do like a college fund Mm -hmm. using part of this system. Will you give just kind of a quick overview? Because I feel like it's such a good tangible um, explanation and it, it just, yeah, a completely different way of thinking about it. Yeah, this one's near and dear to my heart because my kids can actually explain it and they are seven, soon to be eight and 11 years old. 
And what, what I actually did for them is kind of a combination strategy. I, I don't want, I don't want people listening to feel like insurance solves all your problems because it doesn't. Um, but from the time my child was 15 days, which is the soonest you can do something like this, I actually opened a whole life insurance policy on them. And it only takes pediatrician records and the birth records in order to do something like that. And um, what I did was I bought a million dollar policy and then I overfunded it. So I put a fairly substantial amount of money into it every year. But what happens is it locks in health rating before anything is wrong, which is beautiful. And then um, it builds enough cash value over time that as my kids approach 12 years old, so we're getting close to this for, for one of my kids, um, the goal is actually to acquire a piece of real estate or some other type of asset that produces additional income. And so we'll end up borrowing against the contract to acquire, let's call it a, a piece of real estate for right now. Maybe it's a vacation rental. And then the rent money from that will actually replenish the money that we borrowed. And then um, in the meantime, all of all of the insurance contract keeps growing, whether I have a loan or not, it grows exactly the same way. So once that's paid back, I don't owe anything. My kid will have the asset that's continuing to create income and the initial insurance contract. And so the goal is to do that at least once, maybe twice before they actually make it to college. And what will end up happening is the rent from the properties will pay for their tuition expenses. But instead of just having properties, they have the insurance and the properties. So we're getting multiple benefits for each dollar. And, you know, that I don't want to do the whole spoiler for the podcast that really talks about this. But, um, you know, this this is kind of a, an alternative to using a 529 because a 529 truly is just the bucket. You're putting the money in. It's paying the tuition. You worked hard to earn that money. Then you just gave it away. And yes, your child got a college education, but that is all they got. Whereas in this system, not only do they have the cash that's sitting in the policy, they have um, the, the long-term foundation for a distribution strategy that will increase what they're paying. And then they have rental property, the equity and the income from that, in addition to you know, the, the degree itself. And so it doesn't take any extra money to do it this way. It just changes the approach. It's the difference between killing your golden goose and using the eggs. Right. 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 Yeah, it's brilliant. And from yeah. a fertility standpoint, what a beautiful tie-in. <laughs> <laughs> and if I feel like college, like the 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 institutions that you can use the 529 are fairly limited. And I feel like our kids are growing up with like a completely different idea of what it takes to get ahead in the world. And they may not want a four-year college, you know, a typical yeah. college degree. I feel like so I have an, a friend, I have a friend who is an advisor who uses similar strategies to what we teach and his daughter probably will not go to college, but she is an amazing hairstylist. So she is in high school right now and she is making six figures cutting hair as a high schooler doing it after school hours. So she is absolutely crushing it. And um, she sat her dad down and said, dad, uh, I don't actually want to go to college. I think I have an opportunity here to really start a business and then grow it and maybe hit even a seven figure income by the time I would have graduated from college. Mm -hmm. And, um, and his response was, well, I didn't fund you a 529. I funded 
the insurance contract. So let's do this thing and I'll help you start and run the business. And I just think what a cool thing to get to do with your kid is to have them embrace what they are actually talented um, and gifted towards to begin with without any kind of judgment and to give them the tools they need to actually launch that very, very successfully. And I keep telling my daughter, she needs to learn how to cut hair, but she is not listening to me. (laughs) (laughs) She's listening, but she's trying to cut Mary's hair. And she's like, I will not be the experiment. (laughs) Why is your hair purple today, Mary? Yeah. Well, yeah, but I I think that's brilliant because it, it really goes back to that idea of, of once the the kid is once her daughter's done with college she's got a head start on life mm-hmm. i mean and i remember how many times i mean i can't tell you how many people i knew that got out of college and went and did a job that they were eh, meh on right they did it because they needed to pay the bills they needed to go get a job doing something uh, but it wasn't anything that they really enjoyed but they just had to go do it right mm-hmm. and so if you've got that runway to go make a better choice um, you know, what, what a, what a cool gift in life. Well, I read an article recently that said that, um, today's entrepreneurs, the most successful ones are, are, there's a lot of them that are trust fund babies. And the reason for that is because their income is already taken care of because of the trust. And so they can go do a purpose project and I'm not going to call it a passion project because I think passion is waning. But I think purpose is something that you can hold on to. And so um, the article I read, I think it was in Forbes several years ago. I could be misquoting that. It might have been Inc. or Entrepreneur or something of that bent. But um, but it was really interesting to see because if you are reliant on what you're doing to create your income, you cannot invest and grow in it the same way because you're constantly thinking of the income pressure. Right. Whereas if your income is already taken care of, you yeah. can lean all the way in to what you're creating for the purpose of it and the purity that that brings to your life. And to me, that's really exciting because it's if money is dictating the choices that you're making, you are not getting to live as the fullest, truest version of yourself. And that's part of the reason I think Eric and I are so convicted, I think might even be the right word about the conversations that we're having, because it really is about creating additional income so that you have more freedom to make the choices that you want now and in the future, as opposed to just constantly thinking about, well, one day in the future, I'll get to enjoy my life. That's no way to live. We want to know that we get to do that and do it today too. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, any other, yeah. Did we miss anything? Any other sort of mindset, big mindset shifts that you would love to mention for people or. I, the only one I would add on that is something that uh, I remember Mary's dad uh, did with his business. And I know Mary did with her school, but just a, a little efficiency trick that that came with that policy and how to go use it. Because one of the things that happens when you get pregnant and have a baby is that you have to go back to work normally um, and that kid usually gets to go to a daycare somewhere or Montessori or wherever that looks like. And so a natural outgrowth of being successful in that process is you end up writing very large checks to an institution to keep your kid alive for the, you know, for the eight hours that you're at work. And so one of the, one of the tricks that he did for the, for the business, for the rent at the business, and I know Mary did for, for her school is rather than writing that, you know, thousand dollar, $1,800 a month check to the, the institution for the for the daycare, they went back to the daycare and said, hey, look, what if I wrote a check for the whole year, all up front? Like, I didn't write this out on monthly checks. They just gave you all of it at once. 
what, what do I get? Do I get anything for that? And I think on for for both you and your dad, it was about a 10 to 15% yeah. discount. And mm -hmm. so policy loan, write the check for the for the full amount, you know, minus minus 10%, write that check in and then replenish it. So same same amount of money that you would have spent earlier, but you're doing it in a, a little bit easier way, a little bit more efficient way. And now you're picking up some other benefits just because of that that efficiency grab. Yeah, because that 10% discount, if you make the the monthly payment you would have been giving to the school, that extra 10% goes back to you. So right. nothing really changes about what it would have felt Absolutely. like from a budgeting perspective, but what you end up keeping and then growing for the rest of your lifetime is that extra 10%. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, you know, I, I don't think our school advertised that they would do that. And in fact, when I offered it, they said, please don't share this around. It would mess up our tuition numbers. <laughs> I was like, okay, everybody I'm happy to that. keep it to myself. Um, <laughs> but a lot of times if you ask, I mean, my dad's landlord um, for where he was renting office space, they yeah. were happy to do a 10% discount to get it up front because then there's no risk that you oh, don't pay. Right. Right. Yeah. If you skip the the, the rent in the middle of the night, I've got all your money. They're good. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah but I, I think it's that, again, I go back to that mindset. I feel like a, a broken record, but that mindset allows you to start thinking, thinking through life in a much different manner. Um, and, and that momentum that, that comes with that shift and the different systems becomes such a, a powerful additive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree. And I just think I have so many friends that I'm always recommending you guys because I feel like Thank I you. hear them say like, I can't, like, I have to ask my financial advisor and like, I just, and I know when I used to call to get like a disbursement from some money from this one financial, I felt like so guilty. It would take me weeks to call him. Like, you know, I was like that it's my money. Like, of course it's it is your money. Smart and you worked hard to put out. it there. But like, he would make me feel so guilty. <laughs> like, this is it's terrible. like trying to quit the gym. No, I, I don't want to talk to the person. I just want to quit the gym. No. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great. Well, thank you so much. And so where can people find you guys? Um, where's the best place if they want to learn more? Or I know that you guys have, you know, ways of working with you, listening to your podcast. What yeah, so I'll start with the podcast. Uh, Eric and I put out a weekly podcast. It usually comes out Wednesday mornings. It's called the Big Wealth Podcast. Um, for sure, it's on Apple. Uh, I honestly, I, I'd have to ask my marketing person if it's on Spotify, yeah. but for sure, I know it's on Apple. Um, and, and we do that weekly. There's a whole bunch of episodes. So once you get started, there's a lot to catch up on if you want to start <laughs> from the beginning. And yeah. then uh, if you're looking for me, I have uh, wealthwoman.com is my personal website. And then the company that Eric and I uh, work for is Benchmark Income Group. And that website is benchmarkincome.com. And then if you're on social media, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or even LinkedIn, I am at the wealth woman. Eric, what about you? Yeah. And I'm, I'm really easy because I'm on all of those places as well. My handle is economics with Eric, uh, both on, both on Instagram and uh, Facebook, and then just Eric Alexander on LinkedIn. Awesome. Thank you guys. I really Thank appreciate you, it. I love hearing this. I feel like a lot of women will really feel like, I, I hope they really embrace that mindset shift that if they want a kid, they just have to figure out how to do it. Cause I think it's very, yeah. very powerful. If, once you know, the answer is yes. It's just a matter of figuring out how. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Love it. Well, thank you so much for having thank us. You, this has been great. Thank you.